Welcome back to the Backyard Buddhist Podcast. I'm Ron Powell McLean. Hey, how are you? Glad you're here. I'm glad to be here. It's been a crazy start to this new year. I'm hopeful that the chaos calms down soon. It's interesting to me, and this is not our topic for today, but it's interesting to me how many, how many um, things were left open in our Constitution for just simple ethics. We don't need to have a law around that because we're ethical humans and if if we haven't learned anything or if we have learned anything from the last few years it has been that human ethics are not enough to keep people in line we've certain people have discovered that it is appropriate to push those boundaries and say things that are untrue and incite violence and hate and unrest from those things. So it's, it's interesting to me and I will be looking to see an ethical reform from our leaders, from our government, and from the population. I feel like I'm in a fight with a five-year-old. <laughs> oh, interesting. So how's your year shaping up? Are you, did you set a New Year's resolution? Did you decide that you were going to lose some weight? Did you decide you were going to go to the gym? You're going to read... 50 books this year. My sister has that one. I think it's great. I'm not sure. I used to keep track. Because um, that was part of my self-care when I was a hotel executive that I would use books as my self-care and a marker of my self-care. So I still read a lot, mostly Buddhist books, but <laughs> I digress. So did you set some parameters for what you think your year will be? I think I did. Um, habitually. not I didn't even set out to aggressively tackle any anything in my one thing in my life. I would say for me, you know, as my age progresses as all of ours does, but I'm, you know, early fifties, I'm 52, I think. And, you know, my body's not responding in the same ways that it used to. It doesn't bounce back the same ways that it used to. I'm having what feels like a little bit of cold, um, but I'm unsure of what that looks like or what that's going to develop into. So 
my one of my priorities is to lose some weight. And I, I will say, honestly, between you and I, I have 50 pounds to lose. And I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah, I need, I have 50 pounds to lose. So I started a plan. I started with Noom, actually. I think that's the last thing on my list, except for liposuction that I haven't, haven't tried. And I like it so far. I'm not, you know, endorsing, um, by any means, but I like the, I like the approach so far that it's, um, psychological and it's sort of educational based, um, which resonates with me. I'm a, um, I'm always continuing to do education online and things. And so that matches with my personality a bit and I'm pretty good with that. So, I'm only like a weekend, but I like, I like the way it feels so far, but I also know that one of my characteristics is that if I don't feel like I'm going to do it right, I don't do it at all. So that um, has produced some problems in nutrition and weight loss in the past, where if I didn't feel like I was going to not going to do it right, then I wouldn't eat at all. And that would be my plan is just don't eat and then I'll lose weight and that's not healthy. So I'm going at this with sincere intention not get caught in the, the typical traps of the scale said this yesterday. And why does it say this today? And so on and so forth. But I know a, a component of failure I will say, I'll call it failure just for a, a common term. Um, in the past has been, you know, the ebbs and flows in motivation, the ebbs and flows in conditions around my life. You know, maybe it starts off like this in January where I'm not as busy. So it feels a little easier to dedicate my attention to it. And then things start to warm up and loosen up and the calendar gets a little, uh, a little more heavy with um, things to do. Maybe we'll see how this year pans out. But I know that the ebbs and flows are the things that, you know, produce the opportunity to run off the rails a bit. And if you haven't sniffed this out of my conversation yet, I'm also talking about practice. And I, you know, I don't know from, from where I sit to where you sit, if you practice every day. And by practice, I mean some sort of meditation, chanting, contemplation, focus, some kind of exercise on a daily basis that is about letting things settle so that you can see more clearly. And, you know, we can use the, the idea of a snow globe or a jar of dirty, muddy water that when we when we stop shaking those things and they settle, you can see more clearly. 
and this is the same concept for a practice. So we know that we have to practice. We have to practice being in stillness and finding that within us that is calm and peaceful. I'm not sure how else to find that within a human experience without really doing that insight of just slowing down and kind of turning around and looking and see what is the source of this that's causing my suffering. What is the source of this, which is causing my joy without that as a tool? I'm not sure how you get to the realization of understanding that alleviates that struggle within our human experience. So procrastination to me is, you know, is something that as a teacher, I know that I have that to contend with, with each and every participant or student that there's some procrastination, there's some wavering of motivation. And I get it. I understand it. However, I also know that the real gems in my own understanding have come from the toughest times when I was paying attention to what was going on, noticing the source of the issue, noticing my contribution to that experience and how we often, well, we do, create our own suffering and it comes through our attachments it comes through our attachments of just the very simple definition of like and dislike when i decide that i like something i want to hold it near and dear and i don't want it to go away and i don't want anybody to take it from me and i don't want to share it with anyone i want it to be all me all me and all mine and if it goes away or it's threatened, I'm, I'm on guard. On the other half of that, if I don't like it, I don't want it around. I want it to go over there. I want to throw it. I want to throw it away. All right. I talked about some, some of this on our Sunday talk yesterday and talked about this concept of like the the waste basket or the kitchen trash you know the one with the big the tall one with the the white liner in it and how when we when something's um, not to our liking we just toss things in it and toss things in it and toss things in it and you know without doing something further to take that trash out take it to the curb that it starts to fester and starts to rot and starts to stink. And, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's okay at first because, you know, it doesn't really smell if the lid stays down, but if you put something else in it, it's, Oh, there it is. That it's not until you really 
address the cause of the stink that it releases and you don't experience that anymore. So we tend to do things, you know, from a motivation scale, that looks fun, that doesn't. So I'm gonna do the fun thing. So unless you're finding practice as fun or necessary, you put it off. We all do. Well, some of us do. You put it off thinking, eh, I'm young enough. I'll practice when I'm older, when I have more time, when I've watched all the Golden Girls episodes and I'm bored, I'll take on meditation and I'll become a master at it. And then I'll, you know, I'll just be a wise old sage and that'll be my character. But what, what we really know when we, when we take a look at reality is that we don't know how long we have. And the teachings in many of the schools, several of the schools of Buddhism tell us that this precious human life is one not to be squandered. And what we mean by this is that we have this, this human form and consciousness, a brain that's able to utilize consciousness to see itself, to see its own reactions. And that's a huge, huge gift. Bugs don't have that. Plants don't have that as far as I know. So we've been given this gift of this human body and yet we procrastinate thinking, eh, it's okay. I'll just do it later. I'm going to live to be a hundred and that'll be it. But we all know someone, maybe even someone close to us that didn't live to a hundred, didn't even live to what they thought was the, you know, an appropriate age that death would occur. So we just don't know. So we're wasting our time, wasting this precious opportunity. And for those who've practiced with me for, for a long time, you know that I don't think that you have to sit in a meditation pose with your eyes closed or eyes drawn halfway closed, staring at a spot on the wall or on the floor for hours and hours and hours and hours to get it. I don't believe that. I would, I would lean into having shorter periods of clear thinking, clear focus throughout a day. And that doesn't necessarily mean sitting in a formal way on the floor, on a cushion, holding your beads or sitting in your, your meditation jammies, PJs, whatever you want to call them. That it's just about checking in with this consciousness, this consciousness that is unfazed by whatever we are experiencing 
we can see our own reactions as reactions, human reactions to whatever condition is happening. So that doesn't take a lot of time and seriously doesn't take a lot of effort. So there's no real excuse. There's no excuse if you have any bit of suffering and I would challenge that there's anyone that I know or that's listening that has no suffering at all because that's really unrealistic. We all have degrees of suffering, some greater than others. And this is not to be, um, not to compare because you shouldn't compare. Suffering is suffering is suffering. So you're suffering, whatever it may be. It may be a toothache that causes your suffering and not the boulder that's pinning you to the ground. It's not to compare. Suffering is suffering. So when we can identify our own suffering, we can also look for, search for the source of that discomfort, dissatisfaction, disillusion, and change that. We change that with the awareness that it's even there and that there is a cause. So we can shift it. Obviously, when we can see it, we're going to get out of the way of it. And if we're causing it ourselves, why? Why? How is that serving us? It's not. You know the answer to that. It's not serving us. So how do you change? How do you shift? How do you make a gentle adjustment that relieves that suffering? It's not hard. It's not hard. So take the trash out. Stop just chucking things aside because you don't like them. Like and dislike are the, the earliest trip hazard in this practice. If you are relying on and making your life decisions on what you don't like and you don't like, you are causing your own suffering. This is, this is just a play of attachment. So simply, you have to learn to reframe things. You have to reframe your attention and your attention span and your, your intended attention in this moment. Focusing it here and now where things are happening. Everything arises in this moment. It didn't arrive 20 moments ago. It's arising now. All of everything that is here and now is here and now. And that's where you can benefit yourself. When you catch your own reactions and react more skillfully and not based on like and dislike, then my friends, you will find that your suffering decreases. So this is about how to reframe yourself and you do that by practice 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 you know when you go to the gym and they say just do 20 minutes don't do 20 minutes of of cardio you can do it well my friends you can do five minutes of your spiritual workout 10 minutes work up to 20 minutes some days some sits, 
it's 20 minutes. Maybe down the road, it's an hour. Does it need to be? Yeah, you figure it out. Is five minutes enough? Is one minute enough? Try it on, figure it out. How many times do you need to meditate? Try it on, figure it out. This is what practice allows us to do to really gain our footing of understanding and familiarity with our own experience and how to intervene. For all of you control freaks, this is your control. This is where it happens. This is where you get to actually intervene in a skillful way. Not in other people's business and other people's actions, but your own. Your own, cultivating your own skillful actions. Isn't that a great idea? So, as you set off in this year, this new year, set off with the intention of sitting with yourself, noticing discomfort, noticing comfort, and noticing your reactions. It's so important. It's so important. Also, if you've, you know, if you've been practicing with me for a while, you know, I don't really teach uh, Tonglen in a public setting. You know, Tonglen is this teaching and idea, this practice of taking on others' suffering and transforming it. And I love the sentiment and the idea of that practice. However, I would say most people I know aren't in a space to be able to do that yet. It's only when we've learned to transform our own suffering that we can do it in any meaningful way for others. So very important to understand that everything that you cultivate within your practice that is of benefit to anyone, including you, is within you. Without question. You can't just take the leftovers. You have to start by eating the meal yourself, tasting, experiencing, being there, being here, where it counts. So let's set off with the intention that when you feel discomfort, when you feel pain, when you find a, a dislike, that you take it in. You take it into yourself and you wish that no other being should have that discomfort through your understanding, the intention is that through your understanding that no one else should have to struggle or suffer in that way. In the same way, whatever is pleasing to you, whatever pleasure you feel, send that out in the same way. 
Let this joy be for everyone. And that way, things like personal problems and delights, joys, they become a stepping stone for understanding. The understanding of ourselves and the suffering and happiness of all beings everywhere. Because we all want and need the same thing. I'd like to share the revised version of Lama Surya Das's I'd like to share the revised version of Lama Surya Das's New Millennium Prayer that he has revised just recently. May all beings everywhere with whom we are inseparably interconnected and who want and need the same as we do. May they be awakened, liberated, healed, fulfilled, safe, and free. May there be peace and harmony in this world, an end to war and violence, poverty and hunger, inequality and oppression, greed and cruelty, pandemics, famine, droughts, earthquakes, all kinds of natural disasters. May all be free from fear, harm, danger, anxiety, and insecurity. May we better prepare ourselves for the natural calamities that beset us all. And may we all together complete the spiritual journey. One beloved community, one circle, one family, all the way home. Have a beautiful week, my friends. Start with the intention of your own spiritual workout every day. If you want to join me on Facebook, I meditate every day and I share it with all of you. So come and sit for a while, or if you want to go to cultivatemeditation.com or cultivatemeditation.academy, you can see my 28 day meditation challenge. Do it at your own pace. Do it as you like it. Take your time and sit in a meditative practice each and every day. And I'm here to do it with you. Goodbye, my friends.